time has come and gone I am not the same Lift them all behind me I went my own way, way back then Greetings and salutations. It's the Clary Podcast. Hello, where you're from Phoenix, Arizona, where it is warm and warmer than where you are, unless you are potentially in Bisbee or Tucson or closer to the equator than we are. But for the majority of our listening audience in the United States, it is not warmer where you are. And it sucks to be you. It really does suck to be you. Uh, Since I have left the Twin Cities, not only am I in better spirits, but the Twin Cities has gotten two bouts of weather that have gone below zero and with it they also brought snow if you don't know about snow snow when there's a change drastic change in temperature snow comes along so it's either very warm and it's going to get very cold and there's snow in between or it's very cold and it gets very warm and snow is dumped in both cases and went from being pretty warm you know as warm as it can be in in minnesota in january to really freaking cold we're going to try to do a curse-free podcast and the girlfriend had to shovel she had to shovel twice, and not a pang of guilt, not one pang of guilt, felt very good, felt happy. You want to know why? Because it's warm here. Like when I stick my hand out of the truck, and I'm cruising down 101 or whatever in, uh, in the Phoenix, uh, it, it feels better. It makes me feel better when I go hiking the McDowell Mountain Range with my good buddy Mr. Lee, the talented Mr. Lee, which we did yesterday. I was warm and enjoyable, and I'm like, I do not feel pain. I, if, I to be, if I'm to be intellectually honest with myself, I feel better than pretty much anybody else who's stuck in Minnesota. Uh, I think what people are trying to refer to is, well, don't you feel emotional pain, emotional guilt, or shame, or regret? 
And uh, no, no, I don't. Not not one freaking ounce. Nope. I feel perfectly fine. I sleep great now. Uh, it's nice and chilly during the the nights here in Arizona. Uh, I I'm out, man. I'm out because of all the exercise outside. I'm doing because it's beautiful outside. It is time to go and hike. I did a six mile hike yesterday. Did some kind of peak trail and then uh, had cigars. And uh, basically, right now. I'm giving a Trojan horse size, two of them, two of them, two Trojan horse size fingers to all my ex-bosses and all the current baby boomer bosses and all the slave masters that run over cubicle farm. I'm giving you two huge Trojan horse size fingers while I'm down here in Phoenix. So it has been very nice. Um, and it's kind of... See, this is why something's going to happen to me in the future. You just know, you just know the other shoe is going to drop. And things have gone so well. I mean, they have gone so well that the other shoe that's going to drop is not going to be like, oh, I get a paper cut or I stub my toe. It's going to be like, no, you got stage five brain cancer. That's how good things are going. And since I believe in this universal equilibrium, things cannot continue to go this well. The... Uh, the girl that I am staying with, and I know that caught, it's not my girlfriend, don't worry, it's like a sister, we're actually physically repulsed from one another, which is cool, she's just too much of a guy, frankly, but she's a cool gal, uh, she's off with her boyfriend, and I have the job of watching over Hound, she has Hound, and I basically dog sit Hound, uh, but she took Hound with her for the weekend, so I got this place all to myself, it's some fancy schmancy. This is the uh, up-and-coming area, I do believe. There's a lot of water in the neighborhood. You say water in area? Yeah, like they've been starting to install these uh, water recycling programs, which is wise, makes sense in the middle of the desert. But they're getting really efficient with it because there's trees and greenery and shrubbery, and it's uh, a lot lot greener uh, in this neck of the woods than it is even in Scottsdale. And Scottsdale is the hoity-toity, fancy-schmancy with the oopty-loopty. And then Paradise Valley, they're all they're all really snooty. They banned dogs, by the way. Oh, did that fucking piss, that freaking piss me off? They banned dogs. So I got Hound. I am to watch over. I'm to dog sit Hound. And I have I have dog sat Hound before. We have established a rapport. And Hound is sort of a pit bull. I'm I'm uh, informed it's a hundred percent purebred pit bull, but it, it's not very uh, pit bully. Uh, it's a girl. Black black one. I, I did a joke. I said I have a big date with a black woman today, and I and people were like what? And I posted the picture. Like oh, it's cute and he's funny. Oh, see see the quick little you know witticism he did. It's not a really a black you know human woman, but it is a black woman of the canine variety. So uh, I was gonna take Hound, the pit bull. You know this ain't a wiener dog. This ain't a pug. This ain't one of those little Chad Elkins folks. I visited Chad Elkins folks. I won't say where. And they got like this ball of fur. That's not a dog. This ball of fur greeted me. I'm like, come on. Get a real freaking dog. If you're going to live out in this area of town, you get a real freaking dog. Anyway. So I'm like, this is a real dog. I, you know, my mom and always got little cute puny dogs, which are fine. But wiener dogs cannot go for long hikes. I'm like, this dog could do a hike. This, like Dirty Harriet's dog could be a good hiking dog and so I throw the dog in my truck and the dog absolutely loves the truck the dog 
you know, and then when I got to take the dog out pooing, it, you could tell it likes the truck because it keeps going to the truck. I'm like, no, you're going to go to the bathroom over here. Wrong way. Let's go. Oh, it wants to get in the truck. So it's kind of like the classical American thing I always want to do, but I don't because I don't want the responsibility of a dog. I got a dog in the passenger seat. You know, it's like, it's like pilot and co-pilot, man and dog driving on the highway in his pickup truck, going to do hiking, manly things, adventuring, sniffing for snakes, you know, that thing, it, it, going out, climbing mountains with, with, with adventure dog. I would have adventure dog. It would be kind of like my fine familiar, which is a D&D reference that only true nerds would get. But I'm going to have this, this pal, this buddy, this dog, and we are going to go out. So she, she, you know, not too sure about the truck. And she hops in. She's, and then, oh, she loves the truck. And the windows just cracked. She's putting her nose on. Just, just enjoying the truck. A little cool. So she got back in. She curled up and sleep with the... She tried to put her head on the lap. I'm like, no, the gear shifter is here. I need both legs. I'm like moving the head, of which is about a third the weight of the pit bull. So it's like move a bowling ball with teeth over that way. And so she finally said... So then uh, we go to Camelback Peak. It's the one peak, well, not the one peak. It's the main peak that I wanted to hike in the uh, Phoenix Valley or the Sun Valley area uh, that I haven't. And so I get to uh, one of the trails, the trailhead. And after driving, because I'm down in Chandler, and all the, all the towns, if you haven't been to Phoenix, are all very obtuse and weird and stretched out. They're, they don't make any sense. And I'm in South Chandler, which is basically to the Mexican border. So 40 minutes one way, finally get to the trailhead, and oh, guess what, the little snobs in Paradise Valley, no dogs allowed. Oh, because, you know, dog, oh, no, we're just better people at Paradise Valley. So I'm, I'm like, and I yelled, I just yelled out, you know, the F word, and the guy behind me who wanted to get in the park, he heard it because I had my window down, I pull around, he's like, hey, buddy, he says, there's another trail, Chola Spring, Chola Canyon, Chola Springs, there's another trail you can hike up Camelback Mountain. He says, that one allows dogs. I said, oh, okay, thanks a lot, Max. So it wasn't going to be a, to- a total waste. So then I, I go, I do the GPS thing. I, I go around and go through Paradise Valley. I see a Ferrari and Lamborghini drive by. I don't believe they're rentals. I do believe they were actually owned. And I'm thinking like, oh, these are nice houses, but the, they're not that great. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, you know, you live in the PV, the Paradise Valley. So uh, you see the entrance for the park, and you pull into the entrance for the park, and it says, no, you can't park at the entrance for the park because that would make too much bleeping sense. You see, if you have to be a, a Paradise Valley person to understand the higher level intellect as to why you can't park at the entrance to the freaking park. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to kill every one of these little pieces of crap bleeping Turn the truck around, which is harder to do than a car. Turn around. You know, you park on, what was it? Not Chaparral. Some road. And the mountain's looking at me. The mountain's sticking its tongue out. It's right there. I can even see where the trail is. I'm like, could have been halfway up this thing by now. So I, I, I park on the street. Got to walk all the way back. So me and Han, I'm like, okay, fine. We got a little bit of delay. A little bit of but That's all right. We're in no rush. There's a new Clary, new, new turning over leaf Clary. Patience, all the time in the world. Worked hard to get where he is. Completely 100% adaptable and malleable schedule. 
Need, Aaron needs to be nowhere Clary. That's what they used to call him in high school. That's what needs to be nowhere. And then I calm down and I relax. I do not get stressed out. So we walk up <clears throat> past the sign where it says you need to park on the street. And then guess what? New sign. No dogs allowed. And there I did let out an even louder F word because uh, I wanted to scare all the trophy wives and soccer moms of Paradise Valley, do you think that there might be a potential rapist that would just have rape rage and go around raping them all because I couldn't walk my freaking dog? Which makes no sense, but uh, that's what I wanted to, you know, oh my God, there's a loud man around. Might he rape me? Because that's how everyone's been trained to think that, yes, any man who is angry will immediately default to rape on a college campus. That's why one in two women are sexually assaulted, according to feminists. So now I'm just, I'm like, okay, you know what? We're just going to run around this nice neighborhood. This is Paradise Valley. I saw two Ferraris and one Lamborghini. Uh, two Italian cars go by. So there's got to be some nice architecture. There's got to be some nice shrubbery, which is big out here in Phoenix because they don't really have trees or foliage. They got cactuses. And to the naked eye, if you're from a place that actually has greenery and foliage, you don't appreciate the landscaping people do. Uh, with the different colored cacti and <clears throat> different types of cacti. So, um, but I have. I've been here long enough that I'm like, okay, yeah, I got an eye for it. Mr. Lee showed it to me because not only is he an architect, you know, part of that is landscaping. So he says, oh, look at that. Do you notice this? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. You know, cactuses don't grow in a straight line equidistant from one another. Those were planted because I have a Sherlock Holmes-like intellect. Anyway, so um, I'm like, ah, let's go run around. Let's see if... Um, Let's see if there's some nice things to see. Because one, one of the more pleasant runs I've had was in North Dallas. And it wasn't a gated community, but it almost could have been. But um, there was nothing geographically unique. Usually the geography will determine whether or not it's going to be a nice neighborhood. Uh, like, for example, um, in the Twin Cities, there's the chain of lakes, Lake of the Isles, Cedar Lake, Lake Calhoun, and Lake Harriet. And in the olden days, that's where all the old money built their houses. So if you run around that, the lakes, you know, people want to live on a lake. Nowadays, it's Lake Minnetonka. You go out there, there's even bigger houses. Uh, if there's a stream, any waterway that goes by, what few waterways there are in Phoenix, you can see very nice houses. Uh, and uh, more so canyons and boulders and shade. Shade is a huge thing out here for obvious reasons. So you could kind of see where geography will, you know, Cave Creek, uh, Carefree. Those are all hoity-toity, fancy-schmancy with the oopty-loopty type of neighborhoods where uh, even I am not white enough to live in. It's, they sniff, they sniff, they say, you, you a quarter Jew? It's like, well, no, not really because it was religion and was on my mother's side. I still smell Jew on you. you you're not really white. How do you mean Jews aren't white? What do you mean Jew? I'm white. I just, just, no, no. Middle Easterner, you get your ass back to Jerusalem with your big nose. I'm like, I have a very small, narrow nose. I don't have probably an... I've never done my lineage study. I don't even think I'm from the Middle East. I think it was my grandmother who subscribed to Judaism. Anyway, they still smell that stench on you, and they, they don't want you in there. You have to be transparent to be in Cave Creek. That's how white you have to be. Like You have to be able to be seen through. Like a jellyfish, you could just see through it. Uh, oh, so uh, the geography determines that. But in Dallas, this neighborhood, ha it was just flat. Just flat. I think it was just a bunch of rich people said, we're going to build fancy houses here, and uh, it's going to be really nice. And it was, because I was running around, and uh, it was the daytime, 
And uh, sure, sure enough, just like it is here in Phoenix, all the Hispanics and Latinos, they're out there doing the yard work with leaf blowers and the tree hedges and the tree trimmers and the, and the hedge clippers. And it, it's kind of like a park. It's kind of like, ah, I like the architecture. I like the fact that they're keeping up the park nice for me. Even though it's not a park, it's not public, it's private. But, you know, these rich people provide... Same thing with Katy, Texas. Katy, Texas is a western suburb of Houston. And uh, they're not gated communities out there, but you run through the neighborhood. It's like, wow, this is really nice. So you appreciate it. It's kind of nice. Um, but this neighborhood, Paradise Valley, or this part of Paradise Valley I was running through, I'm like, what is the big whoop about this? This looks no different than, like, Southeast Phoenix. You'd see, like, an okay-looking Rambler-style house. You're like, okay, that's a nice house. But then just half a block down the road, I'm like, what? What? Is, this is rich? This is fancy? It's right by the Dillard's. And was it Camelback Mountain? Yeah, Camelback Mountain, because Camelback Mountain's right there. The Dillard's on Camelback Mountain. You go north of that on whatever road that is that intersects it. Uh, that neighborhood is very, very... Um, you guys got a lot of gall banning dogs from your precious little park there. You guys ain't nothing special. I don't Unless like a little piece of postage stamp size of real estate goes for like $10 million. And even if you own a hovel... Uh, oh, you get to claim you're in Paradise Valley. Ooh, then, well, then, oh my God. I always had this idea. I probably mentioned it before, but I'll mention it. I always had this idea because when I was um, going to college and starting to learn, like, I, I, I started realizing just how mean, condescending, clueless, and truly jerk-like a lot of rich people were. Not everybody. You got to judge everybody individually. I know that. But whereas I thought, oh, rich people, they usually play by the rules and the law, da, 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 da. And maybe their parents did, but their children, uh, and especially the trust fund babies, I, I learned to hate them with the uh, passion of a thousand herpes infections. And I, uh, I, I, I had this dream of going into some of the old school money places, like uh, Kenwood in the Twin Cities, where all of the liberals and the trust fund babies, you know, the ones who didn't work because their grandparents set up Pillsbury or General Mills, stuff like that. And then putting together a fund, like a real estate investment fund, that would go, I'd do a, a real estate analysis. I'd find out which key properties were like anchor properties and would have the most effect on the property values of the surrounding properties in the neighborhood, like basically that. And I would go and buy those properties and then I would house uh, ex-cons, preferably black or Hispanic, no white people, obviously. Even even not, you know why I wouldn't even have to do that? I'd just have to go grab Marcus, Vince, and, and some other buddies might have to be black. Like, hey, can you act really loud and get away that way? I prefer not to. I say, okay, I know, but I'm hiring you to just play a role here, okay? Uh, go in there. We'll buy you a donk. We'll put some hydraulics in there. Uh blast the rap music very loud, but I, I don't like rap. I know, I know. That's why I'm paying you. This is an idea. Stick with me. And and scare the hell of the prissy little white liberals who claim to be helping the blacks and the minorities, but don't dare live in the same neighborhood or donate any of their money or time. And then I want you to scare them out of the neighborhood. And then we will then, with the Real Estate Investment Trust, we will buy up all the properties 
And then uh, basically we will then uh, have you guys go to another neighborhood, scare the piss out of those people, and then we will resell these very rich properties back to the suckers that we just had them sell out or new suckers for a jacked up price. Like, in other words, uh, depress with rap, loud music. Uh, I guess you'd have to actually get felons. We'd need to do some graffiti. Actually, now that I think about it, I think my friends would be, nah, they wouldn't do that. We'd actually have to get some, like, graffiti. Although there was an article recently, there were some Mollies that were making some ruckus over in that exact same neighborhood, the, the Kenwood neighborhood. And, oh, did they freak out. Oh, did the precious little liberal people freak out uh, when the Somalis were there. Maybe that's why I'll do. I just hire the Somalis. Like, yeah, go make it. Then they're probably going to be, the, they'd be looking for jobs. So they'd be like, well, we don't really want to do that. And like, ah, shit. We are going to have to use ex-cons or current cons. And you could do it. It would be so, it'd be so sellable. I just want to give these uh, oppressed, disadvantaged, poor youth, uh, these minorities who have been discriminated against their time, I just want to give them a shot at life. You know, if we just gave them the same shot that Mark Dayton, our governor, and trust fund baby extraordinaire had, they would have come out, they could have been governor too. And then just... Slip them a couple extra hundred. Make it a really loud party tonight. You need booze? You need Jack Daniels? You need Hennessy? Whatever you want. Let's let's go have some fun. And then they say, cool. Like, All right, what are we going to do? I say, next target, we're going to go to North Oaks. That's where we're going to go. Go to North Oaks. No, no, North Oaks actually has some. Those, that's like new money. Those guys kind of earned it. Crocus Hill. We're going to do the same thing to the exact same snooty leftist liberal neighborhood. We're going to go to Crocus Hill and scare the ever-living piss of the Garrison Keelers of the world. Look it up. He's this sort of author um, who had amazing talent but still insisted on collecting a government check. I'll, you can look him up. But there's this... It, Minneapolis has Kenwood. Atham, look this up on the map. Stop what you're doing. And then St. Paul has Crocus Hill. And uh, Crocus Hill... Oh, there's McAllister, the Summit, and, 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 and St. Thomas. All the private elite liberal arts colleges are there. And they all have their coffee shops. And there's all these hipsters with perfectly groomed beers. And they're just bending over backward to help out those poor minority people. Uh, but how much you want to bet that if I were to come in with the Clary Real Estate uh, Investment Trust and start buying up key properties, and starting to house some uh, loud, rankous, non-white people, the cherished, I might add, uh, in these in these uh, mansions, veritable old-school mansions on Summit Avenue, put them over in the Crocus Hill neighborhood, buy some of those nice condos over by Costello. Well, it's not Costello's anymore. It's the Red Cow. It's where all the cool people from Paradise Valley, except the Minneapolis, go. You guys know the the type. You guys know they're on borrowed money, either through the state and the taxpayer for their college or their parents. Anyway, we go in there. We go in with my team, the Clary Real Estate Investment Team, Real Estate Investment Trust Team. Uh, we scare the piss out of every, every snooty little liberal white person. Uh, they abandon their precious little condos. Uh, we buy them all up, and then we, we resell them down the road. I think that'd be, I think it'd be great. Year, wait, wait for a year to go by. You know, and then they're like, okay, all right, let's do it. And then we just, we do that in every, ma every major town has got to have some liberal leftist, touchy-feely, fake fraudulent, we care about the poor and minorities type of people. But if it ever came to actually hanging out with one of them or housing one of them, actually helping them, oh, God, they won't do that. Oh, no, not in, not in my backyard, Nimba. Nimbla? Not in my backyard. Nimby. 
Not in my backyard. NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Yeah, NIMBY. NIMBY. Nambla's what the... No, Mambla. Man-Boy Love Association. Isn't there uh, something similar to that, but it's for the pedophiles? Anyway. Uh, so, Clary Podcast, how you guys doing? Uh, I will be having a meetup in Phoenix. I know a lot of people from Phoenix have been emailing me. Oh my God, you didn't tell me. I, guys, guys, don't become my mother. Please do not become my freaking mother. All right, what are we going to do? What are we going to No, I don't know. I don't know. I am here to stay warm. I am here to re- relax and rest and take take it easy. There will be a meetup. I'll let you know. Don't, don't. What are you doing? Don't ask me what I'm doing today or tomorrow. I don't know. I, I had to go through this with owner of Hound. Uh, we, well, she, I didn't have to go through it. Well, yeah, no, I did. She wanted to know what I was doing this time, that time. i like, stop. Just, just, just stop. She's like, what? I say, look, you got to think of me as a, as a, a rapid strike team or, or um, like these video games where you could call it an airborne strike or whatever. You, I could be anywhere at any time. Don't, don't ask me where I'm going to be two days from now, two weeks from now. Two, don't ask me what my plans are because there are none. I am complete. I am the last variable. I'm not even a variable. Do not consider me. In your plans, uh, tell me what you're going to do. Give me enough time to drive there. And if I want to, I'll be there. So don't do that. Oh, what do you, is, what, what is, is there a time? You should this. You should, don't, no, no, no. I already have one mother. I do not need four or five or ten more. And and even my mom drives me nuts. I do not, I will let you know. There will be a time. There will be a place. And it may not even be for a week because I'm here for at least three weeks. I do have to head out to San Diego. Have to. The problems of me. Like I said, this is where I'm going to find out I have the stage. They're going to have to create a whole new stage of cancer for me because that's how good it's going now. That's how bad it's going to be. Stage five and a half cancer for you, Clary. I, I will let you know. So, um, But we do have that. Um, God dang it. What is it? Hang on. What time is it? I have a cigar meeting. Oh, 4.30. That's an hour and a half. The cigar lounge is only about half an hour away. Have to clean up, put on socks. Oh, by the way, do you know that you don't need socks in Phoenix because it's warm enough? You could just wear sandals. It's true. All right, hang on. Let's do some sponsors because I know we got to do that. Let's get, let's get that out of the way. Okay. Here we are. All right, run guts, pull cones. And Pushing Rubber Downhill by our Australian friend, Adam Piggott. You can go to PushingRubberDownhill.com. He has his blog, and he has his two books out so far, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. <clears throat> Both are available in Kindle and audio, or Kindle and paperback. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill is also available in audio. And uh, he has a blog and a uh, podcast as well. So if you're interested in the podcast, go ahead and visit him as well. We also have my books, Enjoy the Decline. That is in audio now, so uh, if you were kind of, eh, I'd like to read some of Aaron's books, I've converted them all to audiobook. All right? uh, they're, they're set to go. Everything's wonderful and great. Um, about the only one left is The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, but once again, I'm not going to convert that to audio because it's just not worth it. There aren't that many sales. But if you don't like reading, all my books have been converted into sales. That includes Enjoy the Decline. It's just the latest one. Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Curse of the High IQ, IQ, and Reconnaissance Man. 
they're all great books. Uh, Curse of the High IQ, that is one everybody should be reading regardless of age. Reconnaissance Man, that is one every young person should be reading, preferably at the age of 14, 15, or 16. I had all these women, these moms, my daughter's 16 and you're telling her to go on a road trip by yourself and stay at Wayside? It's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because if she's out there with some mace, she'll, tr- she'll be just fine, okay? Uh, rapists are not behind every bush and corner. I know you'd like to think that they are not. I also There's a whole section about security. Having a quorum with you, which is an, a loud personal alarm. Having tracking. There's everything there. I've thought it. I've thought it through. Because otherwise the option is what? She stay at home. Your little precious daughter. She better not go get groceries. There's a rapist out there. She might want to go get a soda at the grass. Oh, there might be a rapist on the way. There's rapists everywhere. The United States of rapists. Women should just stay at home like the Muslim women and not be escorted unless they have a man around. They should have shawls to cover their faces lest men be tempted. Because there's rapists. How many blades of grass are there in the country? Not as many as there are rapists. Making Rape Fun Since 2016. The Clary Podcast. All right, so um, anyway, if you want to get that book, uh, Reconnaissance Man, it is a great book. Not just for young people, but for... And if you don't know where you're going in life, that is the book for you. People kept, oh, it's, it's nothing new. No, it is new. It is definitely new. There's a completely different philosophy there that, um, that maybe I could have incorporated into Bachelor Pad Economics, but I did it. Bachelor Pad Economics was strictly a financial advice Bible. Uh, so there, and then my other books of which you could find, there's the backup books, um, where I have the best of my podcast, not my podcast, the best of my blog posts compiled into a compendium, uh, Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. We also have one issue of Captain's Quarterly out there, and I'm currently trying to work on trying to find models to model for the other quarterly or Captain's Quarterly, which of course has its, its problems. Although I got to tell you about Vince. Let me tell you about Vince. So Vince, not, not. Vince of a Chicago fame, different Vince. He says, oh, I'm a photographer. And they all start like that. These suckers. These poor boys. I'm a photographer. I know some women. It should be no problem. And, and it's like they didn't hear what I said ten times before. It's like they're special. Like the laws of physics don't apply to them. And they say, I, I can get you five girls. No problem. And they'll pose, and everything will be fine. It may, may be 200 bucks a model. I, and, and now I've learned to just say, yeah, sure, go ahead. 200 250 bucks each girl, it, it, there's your bounty. You get it. You, you deliver, go. Because now I've outsourced all the pain and agony to this poor sucker. And so he thought he could get one. And I think, what are we going on, Vince? Like uh, two months now? You, you still, uh, how, how'd, that, how'd that Craigslist posting go? Because they thought that they were special. And that good-looking women would actually be responsible, reliable, and professional with them, which they're not, because just like the law of gravity is universal, the law of good-looking women is universal. Good-looking women are horribly unprofessional, flaky, and unreliable. That's why. I, that's why when good old captain, if I ever have to hire people, it's going to be a lot of ugly women, lots of ugly women, because they're reliable. They show up on time. They actually have to work for it. They can't get by on their looks. They can't be like, Tee-hee, I didn't know I was supposed to show up on time. Okay. I want to screw you so it's all right. Ugly women don't get that shot. 
You're ugly. Get back. You're just like a guy. You're, you you want to know what it's like to be treated like a man? Be an ugly woman. There you go. <laughs> That's what it, it's, people have zero Fs to give about your excuses. But if you're very pretty, then the whole world just spreads its legs for you, and you are lied to tie. You know what? I'm not going to go down this. We already gone down there before. Anyway, so um, you can go ahead and get those uh, best of books. Uh, then we also have Day by Day Cartoon, our good friend Chris Muir. Uh, you can go to daybydaycartoon.com. Get your daily dose of political funny haha and humor. And then we have uh, the two audiologists, our two uh, uh, voice recording, Neris, whatever you want to call them. Jim Fear 138 at blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com. Both of them are out there looking for work. If you have any kind of professional level studio recording, you want your book read, you want some kind of audio work done by people that have good voices, go to jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com and have those guys read your books or your posts. That's what I do. If you're a blogger and uh, you have posts that you would like to, because not everybody takes it in reading. Some people like to have it on YouTube. Some people like to have it on pod, uh, podcasts. Some weirdos are like, well, I don't want a podcast. I just like throwing on YouTube so I can listen to it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you go with a podcast? YouTube takes up a lot more bandwidth and it presumes because you're on YouTube, you want to view it. But no, I just like to throw on YouTube and consume way too much bandwidth on the internet when the podcast you just fine. Who am I to judge? Uh, and then we have jrguera.com, J-R-G-U-E-R-R-A.com. Uh, he is the gentleman that had the introductory song to the podcast. And if uh, you happen to be in the Seattle area, uh, he does guitar repair. He also has a... A CD out, an album out, so you go to jaraguera.com, which includes that song at the beginning. And uh, those are our sponsors for this round. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? <sighs> it, it feels good to be right. That's one of the best feelings in the world is when you're right. The problem is, like the education bubble... Dot-com bubble, like the Asian currency crisis, which you millennials were still pooping your pants when that was going on. And the, it would have it been nice if you listened to me when I was saying it, because it's before the bad things happen. But because you guys are driven by anything but reality, the free lunch, the dreams, the lies, the pretty lies, you don't want to listen to the truth. And, and how many times has the old captain told you that human resources is the single largest non-public sector threat to the U.S. economy. Hiring unqualified, hiring anyone period to be the universal generalist guardians of employment and personnel. When, you should, when they know nothing about the specific job at hand, the specific talents and skills required, they know nothing of the specific industries, but they're going to go and ask these magical witch doctor questions and, and, and find out and, and get rid of the bad ones. Because hiring managers and, and supervisors are just too dang lazy to go and do the, and hire their own people. And then you listen now. Here's a little bit of free business consulting from Asshole Consulting. And this is worth more than what you've read in any advanced MBA thing or anything coming out of the Harvard Business Review. Is that if you supervisors spent the five minutes to go and vet and find your own damn employees, you wouldn't have anywhere near the turnover you did 
outsourcing this to a bunch of idiotic, mentally retarded, 23-year-old, math-impaired ditzes. If, if you went out and took the time, it, it's, it's kind of like an inoculation or a vaccination. You, you can wait till you get herpes, but then the resources required to treat it, not even solve it because it's infected you, to, to treat it is a lot more. It will consume many more resources over the life cycle of your life. <clears throat> it's the same thing with employees. You, you can just ha- outsource it to incompetent young children who happen to have, you know, uh, above the age of 18 and happen to have degrees in human resources. You can outsource it and that might save you some, you know, five to ten minutes of your time going through resumes up front. Or you could spend the hour or two, or I'd even recommend a week or two, finding an employee, doing some headhunting yourself because you know what you want, and that will save you months or years at a time and Lord knows how much inefficiency and turnover and healthcare costs and all that. Uh, if if you want, you found your own employees. But you guys, you guys don't let you guys know. You know what? A bunch of of thirty something math impaired ditzes who, when they got their HR degree, went and got their masters in human resources, and then they got doctorates, and they and they never set foot in the real world. But you see, says they are doctorates. They have PhDs, and that well, that just makes them really, really, really smart. And and they they uh, they wrote books and they teach classes. And they've never done anything in the real world. So, but you see, they, they know much more than what you do who happen to be on the front line. You know, those military historians who've never fired a gun in their life, they could never get into the military. They know a lot more than you vets who went through Vietnam for a couple tours, right? Well, because they have a doctorate, see? They have a doctorate. That means they know more than you. And since academia told you HR was important, you believed it. God, what happened to men and their balls? All right. <clears throat> From Fox News Business, Walmart plans to cut hundreds of jobs this month. Wall Street Journal. This is following an article, if I recall correctly, in September where they're cutting 7,000. That was just commoner people. Now they're starting to cut. Now they're actually starting to realize there's fat in the white-collar ranks. Reuters 2017. Walmart Store Incorporated plans to cut hundreds of jobs before the end of January, the Wall Street Journal reported, citing people familiar with the situation. The Bentonville, Arkansas-based realtor plans to eliminate jobs at its headquarters regional personnel that supports stores, according to the report. Many of the eliminations will affect Walmart's Human Resources Department. Oh, I wish I could curse, because that's the only words that describe you insufferably worthless women. You frauds, you fakes, you 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 negative net present value people. You're not only you're not only worth you don't have zero value, you have negative value. You should have never had a job in the first place. What's his name? Tom Woods wrote a, an article or did a a podcast recently. I don't listen to him. Um it, it's nothing against him. I I like what few things I've read about him. But uh he was right, the the general gist of his podcast was that human resources is where government has gotten into infiltrating it with all this leftist poppycock and BS. Diversity, sexism, racism, affirmative action, sensitivity training. Oh, going green? CSR is like a spinoff. Like there was Happy Days and then, um, what was it? Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff from that. Okay, it's the same thing. There's HR... And the spinoff from that was corporate social responsibility. Except unlike Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, 
Human resources and corporate social responsibility offered nothing of value. Matter of fact, it was negative value. And now human Walmart is waking up to this. They're saying, hey, we don't need these people anymore. They don't do anything. Now, if only there was somebody who was like, I don't know, a genius finance guy two decades ago that was saying this. If only you had hired that person that long ago, imagine how many millions, literally tens of millions, maybe even billions of dollars you'd have in your equity account now. You retained earnings because you would have hired all these idiots and you would have had lower turnover. Ah, no, what does he know? He only worked in the real world. He only has logic and common sense and he doesn't have his PhD in human resources management. A large team that some senior executives believe should be more efficient or whose duties could be handled by outside consultants. The newspaper reported, I will volunteer. Maybe I should just send a business card, an asshole consulting business card. Oh, I got to tell the girlfriend to bring me cards. Bring me asshole consulting business cards. Hang on. There we go. She's flying down and I ran out. I'm going to a business meeting. I like to hand out the cards because then you see all the middle-aged men like, wow, why did I think of that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a conformist. I don't think outside the box. I have an MBA. That's why I work for the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. That's why That's why I have a picture of Steve Jobs on my Facebook and my LinkedIn profile and say he's one of my inspirations. He hasn't inspired me to do anything with my life because I only have an MBA and I'm still paying off the debt and, and I'm 48 years old. My wife's about to divorce, but I have an MBA. I have a business card. Losers. <clears throat> Many eliminations, human resource department, a large team that some senior executives believe should be more efficient. Who's, oh, that, it's a large team that some senior executives, the, it's finally getting to the top. They're finally realizing how worthless you little girls are. Oh my God, oh my God. I thought it was BS. Like, I didn't actually believe it until I've seen it. It's gossip land. It's, oh my goodness, let's go talk. I'm going to hire Tina. And, or then, then the ones that actually think, like economists, that their profession is a real one. Well, you see, we have, what do they call it? There's a two-prong or two-variant, like an open interview and a closed interview. And studies show that there's a 0.16 correlation coefficient. Oh, shut up. Just get your stupid questions like what's your favorite color and why? Where do you see yourself in five years? If she's, God, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody who's in my situation who's like, man, I just want to go back just to mess with their heads just to get interviewed like get a job and then like lead an employee revolt you know like unionize the employees you got a real douche type of boss and you don't need the money and these people they it's like it's like the uh bad news bears they don't have any leadership maybe they got some raw potential in there it takes a leader to get them in together i got nothing to lose go in interview with the hr lady where do you see yourself in five years? And then if she's hot, I say, banging you over that desk. Honestly, I don't want the job, sweetheart. I just want to bang you in five years. You know what? We can make it in about five hours because you know what? You're so hot, I don't want the job anymore. I think going, banging you on that desk is more important. You could throw me out, 
I understand, but I just say, oh my God, he's so forceful and aggressive. I should act insulted, but oh, no one's ever told me that before. Then if she's ugly, where do you see yourself in five years? Say, really? What's the correct answer to that question? Film it, record it, put it up on the internet? Like, just just to further expose, what a bunch of frauds you gals are. I think finally, maybe maybe the money, the, the smart money, started to figure out just what wastes of human resources you are. You want to know what the biggest waste of resources is? Human resources! You see, we consult our crystal ball to find out if he's a good personal fit. See, women are just better at the emotional instinctual, intuitive things. We're just better. Why? Is there any way to objectively quantify that? No, we just are. We just are, and and we're just better at it, even though, and this is true. Now, this is anecdotal, but I I tried to find this. I actually tried to find the divorce rate amongst HR gals, but every HR gal that I've met or ran into, emotional, psychological messes, especially with their dating lives. They can't even pick a decent boyfriend. They can't find a a guy to frick them Oh, but there you're that's the person. The person that can't find a date to go on a second date with them. The one that has so many troubles finding to put someone in their lives. It, well, you would think it would be a pretty key important position in their own lives. They can't find someone to staff as a freaking janitor because they don't have a freaking master's degree preferred on the resume. Woo! Sorry. I you just I don't think you guys can comprehend. I know you know I hate I hate HR with with the power of a thousand herpes infections. It doesn't it doesn't cover it because I'm not joking. I really do believe, and this isn't going to sound like a lot, but I think at least half a percentage point of GDP, if not a full percentage point of GDP per year, could have been added if we just got rid of these this bottleneck, these gatekeepers of labor, because they don't bring in the best talent and labor. And that means our entire private sector economy, not to mention public sector, is horrendously inefficient. It's nowhere near as efficient as it could be. Just because companies had to go and get their affirmative action jollies off. See, 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 we hire women. See, see. Well, of course she can't do simple division. That's above her third grade level, but she can ask you what your favorite color is. Blah. Uh, other departments could be affected as well, the report said. The company said in September would cut about... Yeah, here's that article. Okay, September would cut about 7,000 back office jobs, mostly in accounting and invoicing position at its U.S. stores as part of a program it announced in June. See, accounting isn't even looking that good. It's getting out. It's going to be uh, outsourced to uh, software. The job cuts follow the company's plan to invest $2.7 billion in programs that involve training its workforce? Holy bleep! I got a I got a, a request over at Asshole Consulting. She uh, works at this bank, and she's saying there's this bank that has a training program. Are you Fortune 500 companies finally getting your heads out of your asses and realizing it's cheaper to train people in instead of just say on the uh, job requirements or the education requirements? Bachelor's required, MBA preferred, 10 years experience, and a software that's only been out two years. Are you guys starting to realize... That's saying hit the ground running, steep learning curve, isn't actually bringing in the labor you need? Are, are you guys going back to the evil, racist, sexist, homophobic, cat-kitten, uh, kicking, a, a dog-shaving 50s and 40s where you would actually expend the resources to train people? 
No, this can't be right because that fuck freaking broad with her PhD said that that doesn't matter. It's all of her metrics in her and, and the, the pablum that she wrote for her doctoral thesis about how clouds and sunspots affect people's psychology, so you should interview them on the Tuesdays before 3 p.m. I found that if you interview people and have them wear blue shoes on Tuesdays, we can increase the correlation between uh, job ranking and employee performance by 0.002%. It, it, it's very interesting. Very, that's why you should pay me $300,000 to be your HR director. Oh, is HR on the chopping block? Now you guys are actually going to train in your employees. Well, again, I want, I want, I wish there was some genius, some person long ago who might have had that recommendation. Can't even say genius. This is just such simple elementary grade school level common sense. This is the rest of you idiots have your asses so far, far up your asses, heads up your asses. I mean, you you you, you really are. You are brainwashed by business school. It's like economics. The profession has become has gone so so far down the rabbit hole, so obscure, so specialized in irrelevance fields that it is irrelevant. It's obsolete. There's no point and purpose to it. Ah. Do you know what the Phillips curve is? No, I used to, and it doesn't matter because I've never used it. Oh, but I predicted a lot more economic events than your average economist with his doctorate. Uh, plans to invest in training its workforce in a series of wage hikes that took the minimum hourly pay for store workers to $10 per hour, part of efforts to improve service at stores and boost sales. The company has also been investing to increase e-commerce sales and improve stores. These measures help the company report strong online sales growth and smaller than expected decline in earnings for the third quarter despite comparable uh, store sales coming in below estimates. Walmart was not immediately available for comment. Uh, reporting Sruthi Ramakrishnan in Bengaluru, edited by Shiraj Kaluvila and Manju Samuel. Thank you, Manju, for having you know, just he says, you know, screw it. No, no, even even that is too many syllables. I'm just going with Sam, just call me Sam. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> I got my buddy Sadiq. Never knew his last name because it was so long. I didn't know how to pronounce it. But, well, that that is warm fuzzies all over. That makes me feel very good. Uh, let's go to the next. Uh, let's get the rest of the sponsors done here. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you may. It's $100 a month, uh, but it doesn't just get you the podcast, which we have about 3,000 listeners per uh, weekly, but they're not different. They're the same 3,000. Don't do this thing. These guys lie to you. If, if I wanted to advertise it like the rest of these people do, I'd say I have 12,000 listeners a month. No, I have the same 3,000 listeners. Well, no, I do two podcasts per week, so that's 6,000 a week times four. That's 24,000 listeners per month. If I really wanted to do it like the slime balls do, no, I have about 3,000 unique people you can reach every podcast. Let's put it that way. Hopefully that generates more in revenue and sales and profits than the $100 it costs you, uh, but that's why I only charge for one month at a time. I want to make sure that you make money, so if you'd like to advertise your services or wares on the Clary Podcast and the YouTube channel and my blog, it all comes with $100 per month, contact me by getting uh, in contact with my email. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the profile, there's my email, send me an email, do not send it to uh, the asshole consulting 
email. If you have a question, though, that requires my help, you can go to assholeconsulting.com, and there you can send me your emails and your requests and your questions, where I, the world's only professional asshole, will give you the swift kick in the ass you desperately need. You have to go to assholeconsulting.com. We do any type of questions, any type of thing, as long as I am legally allowed to do it. So no legal advice. I cannot recommend what you invest in. And uh, if you need professional psychological help, I cannot help you. You have to go and talk to a shrink. Um, what else? Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. It's tax season. And as long as you've never filed a tax extension in your life because you are a responsible adult, Chad Elkins would like you to contact him. You can contact him by going to ElkinsCPA.com, sending him an email. And uh, get in now because uh, it's busy season. And soon his plate will be full and he will not be taking on any other customers. All right? Send him there. Let him know that the captain sent you. Uh, that way he knows that he should keep giving me free lodging when I come to Chicago. That's how we pay. That's how we roll. Uh, and he is a good guy. So, I mean, if you want to help out a good person, you know, conservative, libertarian type, Republican type dude, um, and you want your stuff done right, uh, go to elkincpa.com. If you like the podcast archive because you say, hey, where's like podcast episodes 1 through 100? Uh, they're archived because I switched podcast providers. Uh, you could get that for 35 bucks. A surprising amount of people have asked for that. Um, and the only reason I'm charging 35 bucks is not to be a jerk, uh, but because it cost me that much time and money for postage, time, and uh, paying for the, uh, the thumb drive. Uh, but I could go ahead and throw that on a thumb drive mail it out to you. Just let me know. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. We have the 405media.com. Uh, we have Financial Survival Network with Kerry Lutz. We have Kanto Talk with Silvio Kanto. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, we mentioned that before with Adam Piggott. And uh, St. Lycus over at BlowMeUpTom.com. All those guys got great radio shows and podcasts. Go check in on them if uh, you get a little bored listening to the captain here. Uh, What else? We did that. We did that. Oh, the Amazon affiliate program. If you do any online shopping and you like the old captain, but uh, you're like, well, I, I don't really have a use for uh, CPA server. I'm a CPA myself. I do my own tax. Something like that. If, if none of my advertisers wears, you have a demand for. But you do any online shopping, you can still help out the captain by doing your Amazon shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You'll see the little Amazon banner there. Click on that. All right. If you click on that, you, you are taken to the Amazon site. It's just that now Amazon knows you've come from my site and any purchases you make during that shopping session, I get a 7% commission and a cut. All right, uh, it's the best way to help out <clears throat> the old captain um, and help yourselves out. It costs you nothing more. You're gonna, you're, the prices are the same. Amazon just basically, it's a sales commission is what it is. So if you could get into the good habit of going to my site for captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, go and click on that banner, that image. Uh, that'll take you there. Do all your online shopping there, and uh, you can help out the old captain that way. Uh, academiccomposition.com uh, our good friend Alex as always if uh, you don't want to do your homework because it's basically a bunch of Marxist leftist BS hurdles you got to jump through and, and, and write uh, do what smart corporations do do what, your, do what your college is probably doing outsource outsource the mundane tasks they have nothing to do with your degree or job outsource it to academiccomposition.com. Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff will write good quality papers for you. His market prices is fa- his prices are fair, they're at market rates. And he's also always looking to hire people to do marketing for him uh, or writing the papers themselves. The jobs are not fun. 
They are boring. They are low pay, but they do pay, and you can do it from anywhere in the world. So stop being a whiny, savvy millennial if you're looking for labor and you're looking for work, and you can write pretty good. You can actually, the pay isn't that bad. You can actually make really good money. Um, actually, I'd probably go work for Alex um, because I, I can write the BS. I've dated enough girls in America. I know how to write myself some BS. <laughs> I could I could pull it fresh out of the rear. Uh, anyway, so go contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Let me know the old captain sent you. That way he keeps advertising on my show. Um, we did that. We did that. Uncle Nick. Oh, I forgot. Let me type in Uncle Nick and burn the midnight. There we go. The last podcast I did was over in um, Fort Collins with Cynical Libertarian. Who you can visit at SinLibSoch, Cynical Libertarian, but it's abbreviated, SinLibSoch.com. Um, but Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight, and Where Pretty Lies Perish. Three books by Frank Servey. Uh, they are about Uncle Nick, uh, who is a fictional red pill character who says what he wants, where he wants, in California, and he pisses everybody else off along the way. If you would like to see, because the opportunities never really present themselves that frequently, but uh, basically, it's Uncle Nick. He's truthful and honest. That's why kids like him. And that's why parents and adults who are evil hate him. It's it. Kids are innocent and good. I always cheer on dogs and kids. I'll cheer them on all the time. And it's why I get along with them so well. I, this year, let me tell you the little side and I'll tell you. Right? And you guys can use this from my playbook. Because I learned this from my grandpa. Uh, Eisenhower dollars. Right, the big, huge Eisenhower dollars that if you threw it hard enough, you could blow up an M1 Abrams tank because that's how big they are. Little kids, when their hands are little puny, uh, that looks like a plate, like a Frisbee in their hand. So if you get them an Eisenhower dollar when they're three or four, they can't be two, they don't know what it is. Three, four, five, they think that's the coolest thing ever. When they're about five or six, then you get them Indian head pennies. And these are dirt cheap coins you get at any coin dealer. And then they look at something that's from the 1800s. And they think that's the core, at least I did. And so that's what old Uncle Cappy gave uh, as Cappy Appleseed when I was driving around the country, visiting my different friends who happen to have children. So I drop in the mail and get it because I'm actually a really nice guy, but none of you would really know about that. And if any girl tells you, oh, he did the nicest thing ever for my daughter or my son, you give it a, they're lying. It doesn't happen. But I theorize... I speculate that if you want to impress little kids, you know, get them excited about finance and economics and, and money, you get them an Eisenhower dollar. And maybe it's like two or three bucks. And then you get them an Indian hen petty, maybe a quarter or 50 cents. And boy, if that doesn't, they, they like that. They really do like that. <clears throat> so that's what Uncle Nick is like. Uh, he, he befriends the children and the dogs, and he tells the truth, which ingratiates himself to the children and the dogs. But then the parents and the adults, the evil people in the world, they hate them for it. Uh, so you can find that at uh, uh, Amazon.com. That's uh, Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight, and Where Pretty Lies Perish by Frank Servi, C-E-R-V-I-I. And then we have my two classes, the Analysis and Valuation of Stocks and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, OMI. If you are interested in just learning the basics of retirement planning, 401ks, IRAs, what are they? You don't know. You're too ashamed to ask. Take my class, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. You could find it online by searching the title, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. It is offered hundreds of different places. Um, I know I'm not a big advocate of uh, 401ks, IRAs. If you've bought bachelor pad economics, you don't really have to take that class. It, it's You're not going to learn anything new there. 
But uh, if you want something that's strictly the old school, classic, traditional, 401ks, IRAs, retirement planning, you don't even know what a stock or bond or a mutual fund is, stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, search it on the internet, take it where you can find it cheapest because it's on the internet. It doesn't matter where you take it. The other class is the analysis evaluation of stocks. That one, you would, if you read Bachelor Pad Economics, you would get a touch of it, uh, but nowhere near this. This is basically an accounting class. I'm very proud of it, frankly. I think it's some of my best work, and I wrote it back when I was 26 or something. If you, if you want to see what old Cappy was like when he was young and innocent and somewhat naive and hopeful, and how good I was, say, oh, yeah, yeah, I could see why that genius predicted all this crap, but because he looked like he was 12, when, especially when he'd shave, no one would listen to him. Uh, if you want to see some old-school Cappy, what he was like, you know, this is not age or wisdom. I am that good. Uh, take the analysis evaluation of stocks. You'll learn how to do some basic accounting. You'll learn how to read a financial statement. You'll learn inadvertently a lot about taxes because they do follow an income statement. Chad Elkins endorses a class even though he's never taken it, never endorsed it. But I'm assuming he would. He, he, would, he probably would. I'm just going to speak for him. Uh, and uh, then the other half really teaches you about financial markets, valuation. What is valuation? Market efficiency. Which would then down the road, if you you'll learn a lot more about economic central banking, the economy, if if you take this class. So um, I don't really have a class on the boring mechanical aspects of economics. This class would do it. Same thing with stocks, bonds, investing. Oh my! Search the title, the analysis, evaluation of stocks. Take it wherever it's cheapest because it's offered online. Anyway, that's all I got. I got to go put some uh, deodorant on my pits. I got to go and look pretty, and I got to go smoke a cigar, and I get to write it off because it's fans. I get to smoke cigars with my fans. I get to smoke cigars with my hands and write off the mileage and the gas. Oh, would there be a lass to serve me a glass of rumple mints, even though I'm not drinking. All right, we'll see you guys later. Toodles.